everyone. This is Pastor Ryan, and this is our podcast. Welcome to Live Alive Church, and I just want to thank you for listening in. I hope this message encourages you, strengthens your faith, and causes you to keep pressing forward for who God has called you to be and created you to be. God bless. speaking on for the next few weeks is really going to liberate you and, and set you free in your heart, set you free in your life, because unforgiveness is a chain that can bind you down from stepping into your destiny and stepping into what everything that God has for you. Because if you can't learn to forgive, Jesus even told his disciples after he got done teaching them how to pray, he said, if you can't forgive those who sin against you, guess what? Neither will the Father forgive you of your sins. And that's a powerful statement. That's, that's, that's something we must listen to, something we must take into consideration, knowing that if somebody sins against us, we can't forgive them, neither will God forgive you of your sins. So let's go right into the book of Luke chapter 7. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 7. If you don't have it, you can follow along with me behind, the, behind me on the screen. And this is what the Bible says in Luke chapter 7, verse 36. When one, when one of the Pharisees, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. I almost call, called this message when you're at your enemy's house. But I'm not even going to go there right now. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with them, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wept. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people own money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other one 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but yet she, she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And this first part of the series I want to talk to you about is through the 
the eyes of compassion. Through the eyes of compassion. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, God, that your word is already anointed. Father, I pray that you would help me to step into my office today that you have so sacredly given me. Father, I pray that you would anoint my lips and touch my tongue with the words of grace. Father, that I would speak boldly and eloquently, God, in directness, with, in, in directness and purpose, Father, of what your word is teaching us and telling us. Father, I pray that, God, you would liberate us today and set our hearts free. Father, that we would all learn how to forgive, God, those who have caused us uh, pain, those who have caused us hurt in our hearts. And, Father, I pray that you would be with us through this time and that your presence wouldn't leave us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So, how many of you, you know, since uh, this uh, last night we had to put our clocks forward an hour so we know that spring who's happy for spring and warm weather and and we can go outside and have a good time outside well yesterday me and my wife we decided after we did some things uh for the church yesterday um we uh i got home with my wife and the kids were running around and she had already been cleaning the house and wiping things doing some spring cleaning if you will and and i jumped right in uh, just to give you some notes, some of you men here, uh, when the wife is cleaning, jump right on in there and help her and be there with her. Pick up the vacuum, wipe down the window sills, wipe down the windows. I'm, uh, listen, I'm giving you some brownie points. Listen to me now. And so I jumped in with her. And as, as we began to clean the house together, I picked up the vacuum and I was cleaning the vacuum and the carpet and you know, everything looked good, and I said, you know what, I, need, I probably need to look under this couch right now. <laughs> and as soon as I pulled the couch out, we got two, we got a, we got two sofas, and we, I pulled it out, and, and underneath of it was crumbs, and underneath of it was little uh, gummy, gummy wraps from the kids, and, and I mean, just, it was just filthy. I mean, it's, it wasn't like it was really that, that dirty, but you know what I mean? It just had some stuff. There was toys under there. One of the couches that I pulled out, there was a chicken nugget under the, I said, my Lord, how long has that been in there? But, but here's the thing. That, that's what we, when we choose not to forgive those who hurt us, we tend to clean up well on the outside, but on the inside, we are full of hurt and we're full of pain and we're full of we're full of the pain that people have caused us so we walk around with a smile on the outside when really on the inside we're not truly free because we're hurt and we're bound by unforgiveness and we're bound by those things that people has hurt us so when we walk around we're actually walking around with a mask on and not who our true identity is within Christ and then therefore we're not free and we're not liberated into all those things that God has for us because the certain the, the, the certain moment that person's name gets brought up there's something that strikes your heart or that certain moment that 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 thing gets brought up in your mind there's pain that wrenches your heart and you're wondering why you can't ever get truly free is because you haven't truly forgiven the person who has forgiven or, or who has done you wrong and has caused you pain even even jesus said in luke chapter 6 verse 45 he says a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart and the man who brings evil things out will have the evil things stored up in his heart for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of so we have to understand that, you know, when we're walking in unforgiveness and we're walking and we're not in that truly in that freedom, 
we begin to speak some things out of our hearts that we don't truly mean. Why? Because there's the saying is that hurt people hurt people. So when we're hurt, we do things that we shouldn't do. We, we, we say things we shouldn't say or we, we, you know, we act out in ways that we shouldn't act out. And that's because that we haven't truly forgiven that person who has truly hurt us. You know, how many times have you gone to the grocery store and you're like, I just got to pick up a few things and, and I don't need a cart. I don't need a hand cart. I don't need anything. I'm just going to go. And by the time you get everything that you needed to get, you're like, why did I not get a cart or a hand cart? I mean, we were at Walmart yesterday after we cleaned the house and I saw this one lady and I was like, why didn't she get a cart? I mean, she had her whole arms were full and she's walking slow and I'm looking at her and I'm like, I wanted to say, do you need me to go get you a cart? Because I could see that she was struggling, that she was trying to hold it all together. And what I'm trying to say is that is when we choose not to forgive, we walk around with this weight thinking that we can do this ourselves instead of going to that person and making things right. See, because what happens is, is that we say we don't need to forgive that person who hurt us. We'll just forget all about it that it even happened. How many have had that happen in your life when somebody has caused us hurt or caused us pain and, and we choose not to forgive him and we just say, you know what, I'm just going to forget that this even happened. But can I tell you that when you forget and you try to forget that it even happened, that is not when healing will take place. But when you truly in your heart will forgive that person who hurt you or caused you pain, what will happen is, is that true healing will take place. We have to understand that, that forgiveness and choosing to forgive is a process. What it is a process? It's a process towards peace in your life. The reason why we might not have peace right now is probably because we may be having hurt inside by somebody who's caused us wrong. We might not have turmoil in our lives. We might have chaos in our lives. We might be struggling in our hearts and in our minds, and we're not truly set free because of the pain that's in, in our hearts and the pain that this person has caused or the hurt that this person may have caused. Listen to this quote by Charles Spurgeon, one of the great Baptist preachers in the 1800s. He says, watch this, to be forgiven is such sweet that honey is tasteless in comparison with it but yet there is no there was one thing sweeter still and that is to forgive let me say that again to be forgiven is such sweetness that honey is tasteless in comparison with it but yet there is one thing sweeter still and that is to forgive as it is more blessed to give than to receive so to forgive rises a stage higher in experience than to be forgiven so we have to understand yes us being forgive us that needs forgiveness is something sweet is something great is something miraculous but something that's even much sweeter than that and rises above that is is knowing in your heart that you're being the bigger person here and saying you know what I choose to forgive you for what you've done to me in other words you know what what you've done I didn't choose to forget it but what I've done is I choose to forgive see, see before we can choose to forgive we need to first realize watch this before we can choose to forgive somebody that has caused us pain you need to realize this that Christ has forgiven you of your sins and we need a reminder of that in our lives that when somebody has caused us hurt and we choose not to forgive that person we need to look back at the cross and say you know what well Christ forgave me from all the 
things that I did in my life and from the pain that I've caused people and from the hurt that I've caused people. So before maybe maybe before you forgive somebody of what they've done to you, maybe you need to take and we need to take a look at the cross and say, you know what? Christ forgave us for what we were going through. Maybe I need to see through the eyes of compassion and say, you know what? I forgive you for everything that you have caused me in my life. Because watch this. You know the saying. The saying is, is that unforgiveness is like drinking poison expecting the other person to die. Do I need to say that again? <laughs> when we're, see, what happens is, is when we're the ones that need forgiveness, we expect it right away. You know, you go to, please forgive me. And you're like, you need to do this right now. But as soon as we're the ones, you know, that need to forgive somebody for what they've done to us, it's like, nope, I'm just going to wait. I don't want to forgive you. I don't, I don't want to be your friend. You know, there's been many things in my life. And, and you know, even it's, it has been even worse since I've, we've launched this church. And, you know, people that have called me my best friend to my face, people who have, who have who, you know, who have walked away from me and talked about me behind my back. And it's like, you know, and, and I have never even done anything wrong to them. And they walk and they walk around like they've never done anything to you. And, it, and it's so sad because you've done everything that you could do to build them up and strengthen them and pray over them. And you've done nothing but be Christ to them. And they turn right, right around and bite you right in your back. And you've not done anything wrong. And you're talking about really trying to forgive somebody for what they've done. But see, what happens is, is that I know when that happens is that I know that we all are just human and that we all have this tendency to just want to do things that are trying to fulfill our flesh because what happens is, is that we're a selfish people. So when it comes to making ourselves better, it doesn't matter who we've hurt as long as I feel self-gratified, right? Self-gratification. I do things to make me feel better so the, the feeling of satisfying my flesh can do away with me having to go to that person to forgive them to, or ask for forgiveness. Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? So when we get to this passage of Scripture, I want you to understand what's going on here is that Jesus, when this woman comes to him, this sinful woman, he's teaching the Pharisees a lesson here. He's teaching them a lesson. So this woman comes to him and the Bible says that this woman is unknown and that she is living a sinful life. And Jesus goes to the Pharisee's house. He goes essentially to the enemy's house. Those who have tried to stone him, those who have tried to kill him and those who tried to who is always trying to debate whether he truly is the son of God or not. And so this woman comes into the house of of, of the Pharisee, Simon, while Jesus is recruiting there and the Bible says that she is a sinful woman and that she's bringing this alabaster box of oil this woman they suppose is a prostitute and Luke decides to leave this woman's name unknown because it's not a matter about who it is it's a matter about what Christ can do in your life because see here's the thing about us is that as soon as we hear about such and such 
hurt or something happened with such and such or this person did this or that person did that. We're like, well, who are you talking about? What's their name? What did they do? How did they do that? And then what happens is we begin to gossip about people. And, and I like how Luke just said, you know what? Her name doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter what she's done or what she's been through or what she's going through. All that matters is, is that Christ can change and transform your life no matter what situation or no matter what what place in life you're in because you're never too far gone from the grace of God in your life. And the Bible says that she's a sinful woman. Now, I need to remind you that we all were at that stage or in that stage in our lives where we were sinful people. And the Bible says that she was a sinful woman. So I want to teach you and I want to take you on a journey that to make you realize before you can forgive somebody, I want to remind you that you Christ forgave you for what you went through. And what you went through and the struggles that I, when I was sticking needles in my arms and when I was running around doing drugs and selling drugs and when I was running around doing my thing and when I was running around, you know, you know, sleeping with women and doing all those things and, and doing, doing, you know, that's my testimony. But guess what? Christ forgave me in the midst of that because he says in his word that yet while we were still sinners he died for us so what does that mean that means that even in your the midst of your deepest darkest moment doesn't matter what it is you've gone through that Christ still died for you and that he shed his blood for you and the Bible says that when she walked in to the house that she came to him. And I like that because, because here's the thing, that she chose to approach him even though she didn't feel adequate enough to be in his presence. Does that make sense? She chose to approach him even though the Pharisees were eyeing her and saying, probably talking amongst them in the side of the house, amongst each other and saying, who is this woman? We know what she's done and we know who she is. And she chose to get past all the name calling and all the, all the uh, uh, gossip that was about her. And she chose to still approach him even though she didn't feel adequate enough even to be in his presence. And I just want you to understand that sometimes in our lives we don't feel adequate enough to even come into the presence of God. But I want to tell you that when you're desperate enough just like she was and when you're hungry enough to be in your presence that God will change your life and he will transform that moment and he will heal your heart. He will heal that situation, whatever that struggle is, whatever that thing is that you're going through. Because here's the thing, is that, you know, Jesus went into talking about, do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not even give me water for my feet, but this woman came in here and wet her hair and, and, and wet my feet and started wiping my feet with her hair. Back in, I need you to understand this, that back in the ancient Middle Eastern uh, society and, and the way they would do things for hospitality when you would have people over for dinner and when you would have people over into your house the, one of the things is is that they would do is when you would have guests they would welcome you with a friendly kiss that's one thing the other thing is that they would wash your feet when you would come in and another thing is it's not only would they wash your feet but they would put on fragrant oil and, and they would they would they would bless you by you coming into their homes because you can imagine back in the ancient Middle Eastern times they only had 
sandals in the streets of Jerusalem, in the streets of Galilee, in the streets of, of, of the cities were all nothing but dust and mud and, 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 you know, dung all over the place. Who knows? Maybe they stepped in that. I'm not saying Jesus did, but you, don't, you never know. But I'm just saying, but she chose to get down and to wash his feet. Her, her, his feet with her hair and this is what happens is that she came with this alabaster box in her hand and she says you know what I came to give him my all to receive something from him but I don't even deserve it right now but listen to me this is all that she had she was known as a simple person she was known as a prostitute uh, uh, among scholars is what they believe that she was and, and, and she came in with this alabaster her box and it was all she had and and she came in with this box and she says you know what I'm going to get right behind Jesus because I don't even feel worthy enough to even stand in front of him so the Bible says it says right here watch this as she stood behind him at his feet weeping she didn't even feel worthy enough to stand in front of him to see him and to, to be and to face him because she didn't feel worthy enough. So she stood behind him and said, you know what? I'm going to use everything. This is all I got, but I'm going to give it all to Jesus. I don't know who that's for, but I feel like I don't know what you've gone through or what you're going through. But some of us, there's only just a little bit, and this is all we got. But I can tell you something. If you just give it to Jesus, he will set you free. He'll liberate your heart. He'll bring healing to you. He'll, he'll, he'll do things that you never thought that was even imaginable in your life. He says, I'll, I'll do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think or even imagine. He says that no ear has heard, no eye has seen, nor has it entered into the hearts of men what God has prepared for those who love him and she came in to give all she had to receive what she didn't deserve and I believe it's a representation of Christ on the cross where he gave up all that he had when you didn't even deserve the forgiveness of your sins and I didn't even deserve the forgiveness of my sins because of everything that I went through but Christ gave him all on the cross and gave himself his all and shed his blood why so he could forgive us for our sins so we could be reconciled back to the Father, so we could be set free, so we could have deliverance in our lives, so we could have healing in our lives. And, and this is what happens, is that I can see Jesus now as he's reclining at the table at, at the Pharisee's house, and the woman comes in, and I can see him staring at her with eyes of compassion. Here's the thing, is that, is, is that Jesus saw her with eyes of compassion, there's two different people here in this story. There's the Pharisees, there's Jesus, and this is what it says. It says that Jesus told the Pharisees, let me tell you a little story here. So he's giving them a lesson, and I want to give us a lesson here. He tells him, he says, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the, the depths of both of them. Now which of them will love him more? And the one who, who had the bigger debt, he was, he was forgiven. But here's the thing, is that they were both forgiven no matter what 
they had went through. And I don't know who's that for, but you might feel like you've been, you sin more, you've dabbled more, you've been in darkness more. It doesn't matter where you've been. Christ can forgive you right where you're at. He can liberate you right where you're at. Doesn't matter what struggle you've been in. But Jesus, I can see him. I can see him seeing her through eyes of compassion. And that's how we need to see people who have hurt us and people who have wronged us is that we need to see them how Christ sees them and see them through eyes of compassion because watch this, the Pharisees saw her with eyes of contempt. Jesus saw her with eyes of compassion. The Pharisees saw her with eyes of contempt. In other words, they were looking at her saying she's not even worthy to even be in this place. She's not even worthy to even come into my house. She's not even worthy to even be at the table right now. But I believe the Bible says that he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You, you guys, you are all hungry. I, I don't know. But, but here, here he teaches them a lesson and he says, though she may not have deserved it, she was desperate enough to receive it. Though we may not, be, we know, we may not have deserved the forgiveness of our sins, we were at a point in our lives where we were desperately needing the grace of God to forgive us for things that we've gone through. So maybe we need a reminder today that, you know, to tr help us forgive people that have hurt us or caused us pain. We need to see them through the eyes of compassion and say, you know what, they don't deserve this right now. But because of Christ in my life and because of who he is and how he's been and how he's been so good. You know what? I choose to forgive you today for everything that you've caused me. And I guarantee you from that day forward, you'll feel a freedom. You'll feel a weight lifted off your shoulders and you'll feel something so magnificent. You'll Look, it is unforgiveness is like a blockage. It's like a blockage. But as soon as you forgive somebody who's hurt you, it's like God has opened up. The, the, he, he has broken the barrier to that blockage and, and for the spirit of God to move forward and flow freely in your life because this is how I see this and and I just want to I want to demonstrate this and, and if I can have just two people real quick just two people I can use you and I can use you too I mean white we can use you so you're you're gonna be Jesus but don't let this get to your head go ahead sit down no 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 let him sit down this is how I see this and so come behind him Stand behind him. You're the woman with the aloe. You're not a sinful girl and you're not a prostitute, thank God, in Jesus' name. And you're not, you're Jesus, but you're not Jesus for real, okay? And this is what the Bible says. It says that as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. I want you to start crying and get down. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. So this is how I see this, and this is how the revelation of God came to me, is that the Pharisees, you guys are the Pharisees right now, right? You guys are the Pharisees. Sorry about your luck, but you are. This is Jesus. This is the sinful woman. You're the Pharisees. So the woman comes in with her alabaster box in her hand, and, you know, the Pharisees are looking at her and talking about her. But here's the thing. 
Here's what they have to look at first. They may have been gossiping about her. They may have been talking about her. They may have even called her names as she was walking in, but she was desperate enough, even though she didn't feel adequate enough to even stand in front of them, but she still had the boldness enough to approach them. And even when everybody else was looking at her and probably looking down their nose at her, she stood behind Jesus. And what I saw was in revelation of what God gave me is that before that she, they had to look at her, they first had to look at Jesus does that make sense so in other words what I'm saying is is that no matter what struggle that you've gone through and no matter what battle you've gone through or no matter how much in sin that you have been in that when you have been forgiven and when Jesus is on your side they can't no longer look at the sin that is in your life they first have to look at the Jesus who changed your life and transformed your life and delivered you from everything that you've gone through so they may have been talking about her but when when Jesus was standing was sitting there and she was standing behind him they had to look at Jesus before they looked at her in other words that when the, you're done now you can go ahead and sit down I'm sorry or, go ahead you're good but in other words what I'm saying is that even though they wanted to look at her for who she was they first had to look at Jesus for who he was and, and, and that's how we have to look at people in our lives who may have caused us pain and caused us hurt. Is that, you know what, Bef before, you know, I really, I really want to say some things that I don't mean right now. Anybody ever been there? You know, how, how many people in this place can say, thank you, Jesus, for holding my tongue back? Because I really wanted to say something right now. But, you know, I choose not to. I got Jesus on my side, and I choose not to say what I really want to say right now. So I'm just going to hold it back. I just need somebody to be thankful that the spirit of the living God held you back from going to that door that you wanted to walk up in and grabbing that person by their hair and saying a few things that you wanted to say that may not have been godly. But thank God for his grace in your life. But here's the thing. We must look at Jesus before we look at the other person. So when we see somebody through the eyes of compassion, we first must see Jesus before we see the other person. But we do it the other way around. We see the person and we want to grab them up. And then we go to Jesus. Lord, forgive me for what I just did. And you, 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 want, to, you want to ask God for forgiveness after you just. That's how we are. Yeah. That's what we do. We want to we see the person do what we have to do to get back at them, retaliate, instead of actually going to the cross first and seeing Jesus and saying, God, help me with this person. Help me with this situation. Help me to learn to forgive this person for what they did. Help me to heal because, I listen, God wants you to be set free. God wants us to heal from those things that are inside of us, those things that people have caused us hurt, the pain that is inside of us. And I want this series to help liberate you and to help set you free from those things that the enemy is trying to hold you bound to because the enemy does not want you to be set free. He wants to keep whispering in your ear, yeah, yeah, message them on Facebook. Yeah, text them and tell them how you truly feel. Yeah, call them up and cuss them out. Yeah, yeah, go to their house and, and, and let's give them a big one right up the butt. Just, just let's just kick their butt today. I, you know, because that's, how, that's, that's our flesh. But if we just see them through the eyes of of compassion and say you know what 
I could really mess you up right now, but thank God he's on my side. Thank God Jesus is on my back. Thank God Jesus is with me. Thank God his grace is with me. And I choose to forgive you today because what's happening is, is that you choose to live in peace because it's a process that through forgiveness, when you start to forgive, the process will then begin to happen and you'll choose to have peace in your life and peace will start to come. And that through that process, when you choose to forgive somebody, healing will begin to take its place.